0: You're listening to the Inside Study Abroad Podcast, episode number 19. Welcome to the Inside Study Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. In this show, we explore the world of international education and meaningful travel with some fascinating guests, a little friendly debate, and a whole lot of practical advice. Let's get going. Today's episode is sponsored by Carpe Diem Education. Carpe Diem is a program provider specializing in small group experiential education semesters abroad. Their programs focus on community, cultural immersion, service learning, and adventure. Through a partnership with Portland State University, participants can receive college credit and financial aid. They offer two options for going abroad, a three-month group semester or a latitudes year, a three-month group semester plus an independent focused volunteer placement. Currently, Carpe Diem offers semesters in East Africa, India, Oceania, Southeast Asia, where I am right now in Bali, the Americas, Cuba, and here in the States as well in their Indigenous America program. You can learn more about Carpe Diem at carpediemeducation.org and let them know that Inside Study Abroad sent you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Before I jump into today's episode, I have to first thank you all for listening and supporting the show. We had over 1,000 downloads in 48 hours of last week's episode, which is crazy. And I, I'm i honestly like speechless a little bit. <laughs> so thank you all to all 1,000 of you listening right now. You absolutely make this possible and you're why I produce this show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today I'm recording this intro in beautiful but rainy Bali. I'm staring out my window right now at some of the hardest rain I've experienced here ever. And I've been many times, literally our little courtyard outside is completely flooded, but it's c- pretty intense. It's also really loud, <laughs> so I apologize if you can hear it in the background of this audio, but hey, it, this is real life, and hope it adds a little local flavor to this episode. So welcome to Bali. It's like you're with here with me. As many of you know, enrollment has officially opened for the Global Pro Institute for the fall 2017 cohort. I cannot believe this is my seventh group of people going through GPI. Um, If you don't know what GPI is, it's my online professional development program for aspiring and seasoned international educators who are basically ready to launch and level up their career. In this group coaching program, I give you my tactical roadmap to build build a brand, a body of work, a network, and a killer package so that you can basically skip to the front of the line in your job search and land amazing professional opportunities in the field. So if you want to learn more about GPI, you can go to globalproinstitute.com and all the details are there. I do want to share a little bit more about it because, you know, GPI is my attempt to help people cut through the noise of international education and really focus on the actions, activities, the interactions that will actually make a difference in their career. I've also made a bunch of changes to GPI this round, so I wanted to share a few of those with you. So. For this cohort, I'm now offering two tiers of the program based on feedback from past participants and and other people who have wanted to join but for various reasons couldn't or um, it didn't feel like the right fit. So the two tiers are these. The first is the GPI 101, the self-guided experience. Now This is perfect for anyone who just wants the roadmap, lessons, action items, and doesn't really want or need my personal guidance and coaching. or access or you know the need for the GPI community. So it's truly self-guided. They get the content and you kind of are just on your own to action it out and make it happen. And I know for a lot of people, that sounds really good. The next tier is the GPI Masterclass, the coached experience. So this is everything from GPI 101, but it also includes weekly group coaching calls with hot seats uh, where I dive deep into your personal story, your situation, and I offer you very um, specific Advice and strategies on how you can sort of approach what I'm teaching and approach in an international education in a in a smart way. You also get access to our private GPI mastermind group where you'll be able to network, gain support, ask questions, share successes, and really grow your professional community in amongst your peers. And lastly, it also includes a one-on-one coaching call with me. So this is where the real, real hard work starts. Uh, We'll get even more into the nitty gritty of your past experiences, your education, your future aspirations, your talents, your skills, your fears, everything that either is holding you back or is gonna give you a leg up, we're gonna tear it down and figure out your story and what you need to do to move forward. So we're gonna go into all of it and I'll help you map out a plan of action of what you need to do, learn, who you need to meet, or your particular career objectives. So this is where we get it really tailored and fine-tuned to you. This coaching isn't available outside of the GPA, GPI program. So just so you guys know, I don't offer coaching unless you join GPI Masterclass, so keep that in mind. Beyond the two tiers of GPI, I've also completely updated all the core curriculum which is sort of the core video lessons and content I've created. I outline in more detail my 3x3 Rockstar Career Roadmap Framework that I created, and I provide action steps that you walk away with real, tangible collateral to support your career. This isn't just like, hey, these are nice things to know. I want you walking away the GPI with real stuff that you could sort of show off and show to people. I've also included multiple new workshops, resources, and trainings, including my new grad school guide and interactive training, where I'm going to really break down like what type of program you should be choosing uh, for certain career paths in international education. I'll be sort of talking about some of my favorites. And I'm also going to be talking about then, once you choose a master's degree and you start your program, how do you leverage it for your career in a, in a really meaningful way? I also give everybody access to my Inside Baseball of International Education workshop. And this is where I take everyone behind the curtain. And I show you the inner workings of the field, from sort of the history um, and where it all came from and started from, the structure of, of our field, but also you know the in, the the politics of things and the language that we use and why, and I really sort of help you advance your career. The stuff that took me twelve years to really understand, and I'm still learning to this day. It, you'll learn it within you know a couple of hours, and this is the type of stuff that. Um, There are things in this workshop that people don't really talk about. (laughs) Uh, No, sorry. People talk about it. They don't really write it down. They don't really publish it widely. It's sort of something that's kind of like... talked about over hushed tones at a cocktail party at a conference, but these are the types of things that I think is really important for you to understand and and know about so that you don't, you can to try to avoid as many landmines as possible just because you didn't know um, certain things work the way they do. So that's a really, really great workshop. People love that one, um, and of course it's part of the GPI. Uh, And then, of course, I have over a dozen insider interviews with thought leaders in various functional areas of the field, and you'll get access to those. These are sort of the types of informational interviews that um, you may not be able to access these people. They are, you know, presidents and executive directors of things and CEOs and founders, and uh, a lot of times they're just busy people. They can't do a million in informational interviews, so I sat down. I did one for, with them for you, and you get access to all those as well, and they're going to give you all the information on, okay, you want to work in volunteer abroad? This is the stuff you need to understand and know about this part of the, our field and what, what's important to us, what's going to help you s- set yourself apart, all of those juicy details inside the insider interviews. One of my favorite new additions to the program is the I'm bringing in accountability partners. So once you join the program, you'll fill out a survey. And I will then hand select an accountability partner for you. So this person is going to become your lifeline in international education, and hopefully, I hope that they'll become sort of a trusted colleague and friend for life as you, you know, launch and grow your careers together. And this is sort of. Um, helping Helping Take the community experience to the next level inside GPI. You know, Global Pro Institute is honestly the culmination of my work in international education. Um, it's probably the stuff I'm most proud of in terms of what I've created. And I'm so excited to work with the people who have already joined uh, since we did open enrollment last week for my VIP list. And if you'd like to join us or just learn more about GPI and creep on it a little bit, go over to Global Pro Institute. Dot com, and all the details are there. And just so you know, enrollment does close this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So November 19th. If you're listening to this after November 19th, you'll have to wait. It'll come back sometime in 2018. Uh, but if you want to join, this is the time to do it. In addition to all of that, I also wanted to let you know that tonight, Wednesday, November 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm hosting a fireside chat. And basically, this isn't a formal presentation. This is more um, of a dialogue and an opportunity for me to just talk to you guys. And I'm going to be sharing the biggest mistakes and missteps I've made in my international education career. I promise you, it's going to get really real really raw. Um, It's going to probably be a little bit embarrassing for me, but I want to give you guys an idea of um, you know, for when you're looking at people who, quote, already have their career and they've already made it in some way, um, most of us have made a lot of mistakes in that journey in terms of um, getting getting jobs or just like networking or any any element of our careers, whether we are in the field already or trying to break in. I know a lot of my peers and friends have told me the things that they did that were like, oh, shaking their head now going, why did, why did I do that? Or why did I not do that? And so I'm gonna break down some of the mistakes that I made. There's just not enough time for me to talk about all the mistakes I've made, but we're going to talk about some of the biggest. And I'm also going to sort of give you some advice and suggestions on what you can do to sort of avoid the same types of mistakes that I've made or just learn from them and understand like how you can maybe approach that same uh, issue or subject matter in a different way. So if you want to join us, it's uh, Wednesday, November 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, a little fireside chat with me and all about my mistakes in the career, probably life as well, but definitely career. And uh, you can register for that at insidestudyabroad.com training. And you just enter your email and I'll send you all the details on how you can get access to the live recording plus the recording after the fact. Okay, you guys, that was a lot of information. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I want to now introduce today's guest, which I'm really excited to finally bring you this interview with Lisette Miranda, the founder and CEO of Pink International. Now, Pink is uh, a specialized internship and immersion program for female college students. It's one of these sort of new emerging boutique study abroad companies, as I like to call them. And Lisette is just... An incredible woman. She has her, an, her own amazing international education story, which is not traditional, by the way. She did not study abroad. But her model and approach to program design is deeply rooted in female empowerment, skill building, networking, practical professional development. And my favorite part, it's based on her actual experience in the working world. She didn't come from a sort of a traditional track like a lot of us in international education have done, like me included, in terms of I studied abroad, I went to grad school, I worked in the field, and that's sort of my, been my trajectory. She wasn't in the field. She was working, you know, um, more on from a business angle, a business side in Madrid, and she's going to tell you all about her experience getting that job and what she was doing there and, and what she learned on the ground that she knew she could add value in terms of office offering really meaningful, enriching internship experiences to young women. Let's go to the show. Hi, Lisette. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to share your story and your cool tips that we've got for people today. But before we get into that, tell us your international ed story and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for having me. Um, I really kind of just fell into international ed. I was 24 years old, and I had the opportunity, well, to visit Spain, and that was probably one of the most life changing experiences of my life. I proceeded then to go and teach English abroad, and whilst I was there, um, the owner of the company asked me to join the team to do some small marketing projects.
0: The teacher brand.
1: Okay. Yes, the Teach Abroad. Absolutely. And um, fast forward five years, I was the marketing director of the company and she started a language academy and I helped launch and establish that company as well. So it was it was a tremendous learning experience for a young woman. Um, and that's how I kind of fell
0: into just international education. That's awesome. Okay, so let's back up a second because I actually got this question yesterday in an email from someone saying, I want to go work abroad. I don't want to teach English. Okay. How do I do that? (laughs) And you know, it's hard because working in international ed, I'm very aware of the work Mm -hmm. permit sort of Mm -hmm. barrier for a lot of people to get those opportunities. How did that work for you? How did they, did they just decide to sponsor you? And you know, you were one of those rare unicorns or was there some other program you went through that helped you get a temporary visa? Can you unpack that for people who are just like, Ooh, how did she do that?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing I have to say is we, re- anyone who ever asks, like, how can I just work in another country? I really like to be very blunt and say, I need to manage your expectations because that is an extreme privilege for you to think that you can just go abroad and go and work in someone's country and take a job from someone. Appreciate it, girl. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in my case, that's exactly what I thought. I was 24 years old, I was completely naive. I was looking into getting work visas, and this is a 24-year-old who has two years, three years out of college experience as entry level. No language, con- like no language of Spanish under my belt. I had high school Spanish, but I could barely ask for a cup of coffee. My New York accent is yeah. totally kicked out there, and I just, I, to, I just have to own that. Um, and and you know, and then I was I was sat down, and somebody pretty much laid down that law to me and said, you sound extremely privileged. You know, you will not get a work visa. You don't have the skill sets that another country needs. Teaching English can be, if you're specifically in Spain, if you're teaching English, that can be, they can hire anyone from the Netherlands. They have a wonderful grasp of the English language or Germany, they have a great grasp of the English language. And at the time, you know, the UK, they are native English speakers there. So my my response to that was, teaching English became a means to an end. So what was my end goal? My end goal was to be young, a little adventurous, a little dynamic. I wanted to learn a language. I wanted to challenge myself personally and professionally. Um, and then although I didn't go to school for education, I realized this is the only skill that I have, to be honest. And I embraced it. I did I took the job very seriously. I excelled in it. I was, and I was able to reach my goals. I was able to travel at the weekend. I was able to practice Spanish and become fluent in the language. I started getting grasps of basic French, Portuguese, Italian. Um, and I started to really understand my country better by living in a, in a foreign country. So again, to kind of circle back to the question is if you want to just work in a country, you need to find what is your goal? What is your means to an end? Um, Again, to think that you can just go into a country with your skill sets and ha- take a job or have a job is a complete privilege that we take for granted. Um, so if you think you're better than t- teaching English, then you might need to reevaluate your, you really need to reevaluate re- your goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. So then, so then what happened? The flip happened. So then you were no longer teaching English. You're doing some side projects, it sounds like, mm-hmm. from a marketing Yeah. Degree. And then you get a full-time gig. How did that happen?
1: Yes. So what, everything kind of just, I had, I had like this rule when I was in Spain, the no, no rule, which got me in trouble. So I wasn't allowed to say no to things. Um, I mean, put asterisks all over that. Uh, I mean, obviously within reason, you know, one day I was having lunch with a friend and we're drinking wine and she wants to go apply to a master's program. And I said, okay, I'll do it with you just after a bottle of wine. Of course I was like, yeah, I'll just (laughs) apply with you. She she remembered the next day. Next, thing you know, I'm applying for an MA in bilingual multicultural education. I get accepted on full scholarship. Um, what program so my, was that?
0: Is it still available?
1: It is still available, and this it's um, Instituto Franklin. Okay, um, yeah. through the through the institute the the from the Universidad de Alcalá de Henares. It's for North Americans. You do get full scholarship and you get paid internship. So who
0: funds I was that able. Stuff? To, that's where I questioned. It's like, where does who somebody's funding that? And I know that, like, the economic situation in Spain right now. And I'm like, where where is that money coming from?
1: The government. I know um, so no, <laughs> but the so it, that's connected to the private school So the private schools pay for the teachers, hmm. the the English teachers, and then we get probably we get a percentage of that as our um, internship pay. Okay. And so and the rest of that goes to the university. That was my understanding of it. Um, and they, again, they work with private schools. So I, I, I completely erased the government comment. That's a different program. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, and so I was able to extend my student visa. So I went to Spain with a student visa to teach English. And then I extended it to do my master's. And in the interim, I, I was doing these small marketing projects. Listen, in the beginning, it was cash in hand, brown paper bag under the table. <laughs> I'm from New York. That's that's how we do it. That's actually how I prefer to do yeah, it. Well, um, and,
0: and frankly, I mean, that's a lot of like I, what I teach in the Global Pro Institute, too, not to be illegal, but basically saying a lot of times your foot in the door isn't going to be the nice, well-rounded classic salary job with benefits in your little office or your little cubby it might be doing a one-off project here for this organization and that that spins off over here and you meet this person and then poof you know through your networking and skill building now you have something to actually warrant the, the big kid job if you will.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we come from a, a society where we so much structure that there seems to be such a clear path. Every country has a different system of networking, mm. um, a different system of trust. Uh, and that's that's those intricacies can only be learned through people that have been living there um, for an extended period of time. So your advice is completely 100 percent accurate, but you can't know every single country's dynamicity. You know, mm-hmm. I know Spain's, I know how they work, you know, but I can't go, even though Italy is a two hour flight, not even, I don't really know how their system, I can guess, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's similar Spain, but I know France is completely different. So it, that's hard to say. So as I was doing the small projects, um, again, they were super small and the salaries are very different so when i'm saying you know cash in hand these were enough to fund my hostels these were enough to fund you know going out getting some tapas and wine mm-hmm. and you know when a bottle of wine in spain is only 3 dollars 4 dollars we're not talking like right 401k right. money here we're it's talking just ticks the edge off Absolutely. a little yeah. oh oh and A whole lot of things took the edge Mm -hmm. off. So so it was great. And so what happened was with my particular situation, again, it was a bit of a unicorn situation. Um, They were able to, I developed a long-term relationship with this woman. So we're talking two years of her really getting to know me and seeing who I am um, and my abilities. And then that turned into her being able to work with a lawyer to find a loophole in the student visa, which would allow me to receive a salary. So it's kind of like any paid internship. So I was never on a work visa. Um, I was still on a student visa with a small loophole. But again, with every country, there are intricacies that just because that worked for me, that didn't necessarily work for the person right next to me, even though we had maybe the same exact credentials, maybe the same exact experience. Mm -hmm. We could be, we could have been identical twins. And it's who in Spain, it's who you get to check your paperwork. Um, Same in China, honestly. Okay. So, exactly. And so and so I I had I had a little bit of lady luck on my side, even though I really hate to say that because I, I really did seize all my opportunities. But in certain cases, um, it could have just been that interaction with one person. But otherwise I will say it was just a lot of hard work and dedication and as cliche as that sounds, it's the truth.
0: Right, right. Well, and I, I think too, people need to understand it wasn't just like you there was a job, you applied for it, you got it because you were qualified. It was there there's that wall there because you're not an EU citizen or a Spanish citizen. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people will just think, well, but how do I get these jobs? And so there's all these other tactics, but it's not normally the answer that people want, you know, start working of for course. a big corporation that has offices all over around the world, but start in the US and then maybe you can work that yeah. direction. And people are like, no, that's not the answer. And I'm like, well, is- honestly, teaching English or doing long-term volunteer work, those types yep. of things are what's available to you because of the, the immigration barriers. And anyway, I, that was a total tangent. I didn't want to go too far down. I think that people hearing your story, they're going to be like, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. But you'll notice that she had to do a lot of things to make that happen. Yes.
1: And I will say again, my, my plan ended up being five years, my no plan ended up being five years there. So even though I say today that I was a marketing, a marketing director of two overseas companies, That took five years. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to just remember that. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't a, you know, a silver platter. And I went through hell and back with the paperwork and the lines and getting a stamp here and paying this Mm -hmm. uh, fee there. I have such deep respect for immigration Mm -hmm. um, because of the hoops and barriers. And I come from a place of privilege Mm -hmm. where if any given moment I wanted to say, screw this, I still got to go back to my home with my supportive family in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I never ever took that for granted. And so when it got hard, I would have to challenge myself like, so is this what you want? Because it was not easy right. and appointments are made, but then it's not it's not booked. Mm-hmm. You have to go with the flow and you can't whinge about it. You can't complain about mm-hmm. it. You have to either want it and you have to be thirsty for it or just go for the fun and Take what you can get, teach English if you want, do it well, volunteer, do it well. As long as you're representing your country, you know, properly, I feel like you, you you can do this, mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. And well, yeah, I don't mean to be a, a, a naysayer about it. I just want to, you know, like you mentioned, manage expectations that it's just not yes. as, as simple. So let's switch gears. I love how passionate you get. You're like me. It's like, awesome. <laughs> like when, when Lissette and I go for lunch, it ends up being like all afternoon. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you worked in this mm-hmm. job. And then I, I mentioned this, obviously, in the intro that you're the founder and director of Pink International Internships. But what is that? Like, let's unpack what is this? And then let's get into why did you create this, your own company, internship company specifically? And I know there's like five questions in a row, but no, let's segue perfect. that into why create your own company versus go work for one of the, I don't know, probably 25 other internship abroad companies that already exist. Right. So I think I can answer all of
1: those questions maybe with one story.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: so while I was working in the teacher training uh, so to train the, the English teachers, I was meeting people from all over the world, and you know, from ages eighteen to sixty-five, were coming and teaching English from across the globe. And out and about in the city, I would obviously meet on-pairs, um, nannies, uh, study abroad students, um, internship students, and you know, when you're, when you're American and you're a foreigner in a foreign land, no matter where you're from in the U S you guys kind of gravitate to each other. There's that unspoken camaraderie. And, um, I was listening to stories and in some cases I would be listening as someone who was quote unquote, an expert in Spain thinking, Oh, that's such a missed opportunity. Oh, I wish they could have this experience on top of it. Oh, that's a bit shit. Oh,
0: I don't oh, know if fine. we can say that. Yeah, it okay. okay, okay. It like, <laughs> it's, all, it's all welcome here. Maybe yeah. Maybe, okay. Yeah. Ignore uh, the uh, F bombs That would that Yeah, would. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so I would, you know, I, I would think to myself,
1: Oh, I wish they that program could incorporate this and that. And I'm not sitting there and putting down programs because this was just an in a a conglomerate of information I was receiving. And so the the kind of like the nail in the coffin was I was working. As a marketing director at the at the teacher training school, and a company came to us and said, "Would you like an intern this summer and I you know we were always open to having some extra pair of hands and I heard they were american and i work so I worked with so many international people, and sometimes my humor doesn 't necessarily translate and so I was like, "I need an american here um, and these two young women, one was from Ohio State and the other was from Pittsburgh University lovely, lovely young women they were spending their summer interning in Spain and I made it very clear with goal setting. And, and this was just on my own merit. Um, they didn't give me any standards Mm -hmm. of how they were just like, okay, so we're going to place them here. And they kind of dropped them off and pick them up in a way. So I heard from them in the beginning and I heard from them at the end and there was no communication in the middle, but I had developed a lovely relationship with them so much so that I kind of learned more and more about the program. And, um, In that, I remember walking away being angry. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I could say that, you know, Pink came to me one morning with like rainbows and butterflies and I'm here to empower young women through international experience. No, it really was a direct response to hearing about other programs and the lack of support, Mm. Um, the lack of like a 360 cultural experience. Um, And to be very honest, safety. Um, and what I meant by safety was I was listening to where my interns were living as young women. And even with my New York sixth sense kind of attitude, I wouldn't have lived in those neighborhoods. And I know if their mothers or parents knew the reputations of those neighborhoods, they would not be pleased with the program. And I remember walking back to my desk and looking at my boss who was from England and telling her, Oh, I could do something so much better. I'm like, I'm like, and she goes, you could. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, I would do this and that and this and that. And she's like, I know Lissette. And then I remember she goes, and you should. And I had that moment where I kind of paused and I looked at her and our computers were facing each other. And I kind of looked over to the side and I made a face and I said, I'm too busy doing your work. I got to go. (laughs) I I went back to work. And that was the moment. That was the moment where I remember her saying, and you should. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were having lunch about a week later. And in the middle of our conversation, she said to me, are you ready to talk about it? And I said, about what she was, you know exactly what I'm referring to, and that that's the thing about knowing someone for five years. Yeah, and well, it's amazing trusting- to
0: have a mentor like that. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times too, um, you know, this is a whole other thing. But I, I love this story because, you know, people ask me all the time. You know, growing your network beyond just like oh, we had, you know, a 15 minute informational interview to like mm-hmm. someone I could show up in their office and be like, hey, mm-hmm. I I would love to you know, have lunch with you today and have a real deep conversation. That takes yeah. time. It doesn't happen yeah. instantaneously. It, it's it's over a period of interactions and or working together directly, but just like it can't just happen simultaneously because you ask them like, how did you get your job? Yeah. And you know, whatever people are told to do in an informational interview. Yeah. And I think this is a really telling thing. It's like to have a really great mentor like that. It takes time yeah. and investment in each other.
1: Absolutely. And and she was the first one to say I may kick myself in the butt for letting you go, but I know you at some point are going to go. Mm-hmm. You've only worked your way up from doing a five-hour project to managing two of my companies. And from the ground, one of them was from the ground up. One of them was, mm-hmm. we. Were, I helped her book the, the URL name for the second company. So <laughs> I, I had just come out of startup mode and... And she allowed me to be creative. She allowed me to put my hand in every single cookie jar. Um, And so that's, and that's really where Pink was born. It was out of seeing a market that existed. I didn't reinvent the wheel. Internship abroad is not a new concept. Mm -hmm. And and that I'm grateful for Mm
0: -hmm. because I can only- Well, it's proven now as an entrepreneur, it's like, oh, we know this idea works. So I'm not doing something totally crazy. Like internship to the moon hasn't been established yet. So maybe that's- (laughs) You might be early on that one. And any of the companies that have been doing internships abroad
1: 10, 15, anything over 10, 15 years ago, I want to thank them for Mm -hmm. paving the way. Because, you know, we're working before Skype. Uh, We're we're talking about when you studied abroad or went abroad, you had a phone card and and a pay phone. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays, I FaceTime my mom when I'm in Spain and she's in New York. Um, Technology has brought us that fear is eliminated. So mm-hmm. I, I do thank the the people who paved the way for me to today, um, because then I could really focus on my market, which is the next part. Which is when you know, so I wanted to start an internship abroad company. What is that? And what what drove me to all of a sudden have this click in my heart and in my head to be like, I can do this, mm-hmm. and I should do this. You know, I ch- and that's when I became more, that's when I started to be able to find my niche. And that was number one, wanting to champion young women. And by championing them, I wanted to give them a competitive edge on their resume with international experience um, to give them an opportunity to set their resume apart. So, and I just always knew it was going to be for young women. I just, there's something with that. When someone goes, why just women? Uh, My heart hurts. It's like when they go I'm like no that that's completely me when they say why just spain that's when my head moves because I'm not I'm connected to spain but business wise I'm like yes I could see how I could expand in different countries heart wise I know exactly the, my target audience um and so 18 to 22 and part of that mission as I you know championing a woman as I just explained was another part of me really feels indebted to creating global citizens Um, I want these young women to go back to their community, their college, their family, their friends, and help debunk myths, um, help inform, um, the people around them about what they experienced, the people they met, the conversations they had, the things they were asked. So that's part of the creating global citizens. Mm Um, and, And again, you know, just being there for for young women and giving them experience that will help enlighten them with language, culture and career.
0: You know, I I don't know exactly how I want to say this, but I I kind of love how you describe your participants because honestly like just hearing it i was like oh, i kind of love it because i do that i'm i'm talking about myself but it's also true mm-hmm. i think of our our field and industry in a lot of ways but when we use the terminology students participants um i i honestly sometimes will throw out just to be funny and like you know light i'll be like yeah. hey kids you know I and, yeah. I, I and it's all a vernacular that is has so much dripping from it i i get that yeah. so i know i'm wrong i know i'm wrong but i i honestly like the way you describe them as young women and empowering young women it almost like if if someone came up to be like you know was presenting to me in an orientation is like you young women we are here to blah blah blah." I would almost be like sit up straighter in my seat like I yeah I am a young woman you know I'm not a girl you know (laughs) like I I I don't know exactly what's in that but I feel like when we there's almost something um it's almost like a downgrade to sort of like, oh, you are students. So it's like, you are here to learn. There's nothing that you can contribute um, mm-hmm. and, or participate. And I feel like when you say young women, it's like they get to engage and contribute and yeah. empower themselves in a lot of ways. I don't know. I just got excited. Like, just the way you describe it is like it has a different feel to it than I think a lot of programs describe their no. their uh, participants. Yeah.
1: Thank you. And that's what the, I think that, that's what comes up. Yeah. And thank you because- and that was something that I think I recognized early on was that was something how that was natural for me to just describe Mm -hmm. them that way. And Mm -hmm. like anyone, we all have different titles, you know, sister, you know, daughter, um, entrepreneur, we have titles, student. Um, And for some reason I, whenever someone calls them girls, I correct them. I'm like, girls, I'm like, uh, they're 18 years of age. They are voting, contributing members of society. Um, So and it's just, that's just always how I've, I've always addressed mm-hmm. them. And, and it's part of it, owning that title. I think we can attest as women ourselves, you know, we have to come to those moments of, Oh man, okay. I can't get away with that anymore. Can I, mm-hmm. or, and then, you know, in other moments, like we I still can do. Um,
0: so, you know, just own, letting them start to own that title of mm-hmm. being a woman. Mm-hmm. So tell, talk, a, just give us a little elevator pitch about what, Pink is like how if like a university person's listening right now they're like wait what so it, how does it function how does it work can any student sign up from anywhere is it only you work with partner with universities how does that work
1: I go directly to the. This- uh, so my students come from all over the U.S. Um, you know, I've had inquiries from across the globe, but it just seems right now that it really is suited for American students. And even mm-hmm. I, I'm going to even go to Canada. I get a lot of Canadian inquiries. Um, so what we offer is two types of programs. One is an internship program and one is a immersion program. The internship program is two months, which focuses on, uh, you know, Spanish classes, cultural immersion. So a week of Spanish, a week of cultural activities, and six weeks of internship in a specific field that is catered to your studies. Um, When I say your studies, we focus on your past experience, your current, you know, major and minor, so your studies, and your future goals. And from there, we're able to vet the appropriate company and department that you should be in so that you can achieve, you know, new skills and hone your pre-existing skills. Um the program was designed for two weeks. So it's like the the little snippet bite. So you can't maybe dedicate two months for whatever reason, whether it's summer classes or you're an athlete, um, whatever barrier you have, um, you're able to go for at least two weeks. And again, we focus on language, culture, career. So we have language classes, cultural activities, and workshops. Um, the workshops are prefer- uh, professional and personal development ones. Um, to a young woman, pr- professional development, I would yawn if I heard that. So what I say, I, I say kind of A, either it's life hacks that I wish I was at your age or the other thing I say is, shit, I wish I knew at your age. Right. So, right, right. so it's kind of like, um, and so, and those, those are the workshops and they're the trainees, the trainers are amazing. They're also young women. They're also women in Spain who I've worked with from South Africa, from England, from the US, from Spain, from Brazil. And they have their own specialties, whether it's emotional intelligence, whether it's public speaking. Um, and they love to be part of the Pink Network and provide, you know, give back to the students you know, to our young women students, um, mm-hmm. young women students, now I'm overdoing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: <Okay. laughs> no, so it it Sorry, is I didn't mean to make that that you think no, i never
1: time. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and for the majority, some are students and some of them are recent grads. Mm-hmm. So we we even have people who are transitioning either into grad school or just before they go out, you know, before they go out to the workforce um, or they're still enrolled in college. Okay. So we actually have a, a wide range of, you know, where people are in their transition as well. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, those are the two programs and they offer, they're offered in the summer so they don't interfere with your semester. Often we are able to work with your university if you wanted to get credit. Sometimes students don't, that's not even on their grid. Um, you know, students, I don't, I don't want to go too far, but like I, I do genuinely, students have the most, they have the strongest per- purchase power I have ever seen. Back when I graduated university <clears throat> 10 years ago, <laughs> um, you know, we used to just get a leaflet of information, and you know, now you can go on the website and check out their Instagram and check out their Snapchat, and and really get into depth of what this experience is. Back when I uh, checked out going to, going to study abroad, which I didn't study abroad in, in college because of my GPA, um, they did apparently they didn't want I was a bit of a liability. Um, you know, you only had a piece of paper to kind of read about it. And nowadays, the students have such strong purchase power where they can actually present a case study to their parents um, with, you know, the pros, the cons, the benefits um, and answer all their questions as they come from their parents. So I think it's tremendous. So I go directly to the student because, again, they are the ones I really feel have such great influence. Um, And it's open women across the U.S., all different majors. People think this is maybe just for business students, language students. No, I've had film students, um, theater students. Uh, I've had even pre-med students do the program. Um, you name it. I've been so for engineers, you know, because don't forget the the two weeks. It's just an immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can know you don't have it directly into your field. Mm-hmm. So and, I, and again, one of my big caveats are I don't care about your GPA. To me, it does not predicate your open mind. Your GPA does not predicate if you're going to be a good roommate, if you're going to be... um, um If you're J, something that I don't consider and I don't even ask for um, because that's something that's not part of... A, I won't consider that as an You're all on the same playing field, whether okay. you a 2.0 um, or 4.0. Um, there are other things to kind of we, we that are more important to us when selecting uh, students.
0: So I want to switch gears a little bit. One thing I didn't mention in our my email to you about like what I wanted to talk about, but it's something that we've privately discussed. And it's more about international education as an industry and breaking into it as a new fledgling organization and sort of being able to rise up in this space if you're not a known entity or, you know, don't have a ton of funding, what have you. And talk a little bit about what that experience has been like. And maybe just, you know, you don't have to go into like crazy detail, but, you know, I know it's been a little bit of a challenge and, you know, maybe some of your recommendations on how we could make this a more welcoming environment for new upstarts who, you know, have a really um, genuine, you know, outcome they want to have for our participants and our students.
1: No, I, 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 that's something that I think about pretty frequently. My advice to that is, well, the way I function personally is I never look, I don't use the word competitor and I only use the word collaborator. Um, when it comes to international education, the word internationals in our field, which means there is plenty of space in the globe for all of us. I mean, I think that's just so important. Once you kind of switch that mindset, then I feel like you have only doors are opened for you. I really just focus on what I do. Um, I was recently asked about a quote unquote, competitors analysis. And maybe to them, I sounded silly, that I was like, I really couldn't even name maybe I could maybe name one or two people that do just internships abroad, not even just only in Madrid, only in Spain. Um, I could maybe only name two or two companies and and they were like, but, and I was like, why would I invest my time in worrying about what other people are doing? Um, and they did bring up some good points about, you know, just seeing things that you like that they do and maybe, um, doing it with your own twist. And I, and I appreciate that advice, but for the past three years, I've really focused on Figuring out my niche, my, you know, where my successes are and replicating that and double downing that. So I'm a, I'm gonna circle back to your question. I apologize. Um, I think it's really important that to create those relationships, you just constantly engage with them. I am the first one to go and like any post or comment and engage on any type of, um, platform where they're putting out information and sharing their information because, you know, that whole saying sharing is caring. (laughs) Um, you know, it's not a big deal to me if someone's like, oh, the top 10 things to do in Spain and it's not from my blog. No, I mean, it's fine. I'm going to share your top 10 things too, because that, that's only going to benefit my student. Um, and just always showing some support because I remember when I finally made an investment. Because you're right, like you have to kind of count pennies in the beginning. Um, in my case, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm self funded. Um, and by funded, I use that word so. Yeah, loosely. I know. It's like uh,
0: <laughs> funding meaning uh, <laughs> meaning I did everything for as cheap as right. possible it's for myself. A <laughs> business people, look it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, so when I finally invested to go to the the big national, you know, the national conference that, where I met you in person for NASPA. um, It was nice to kind of meet people and them being like, Oh, I've heard of you, you know, because I would just kind of always just be present on Mm -hmm. their pages because we're, we are, no matter what, all these companies that we are in the same sector with, we are not near each other. We're across Mm -hmm. the globe. So it's so important to, I think, encourage one another and support one another and, I know that the name that I'm making for myself. I don't mean I don't know what they're saying behind my back, and to be quite honest, I don't really <laughs> care because I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with what I'm doing because I, I can put my head on my pillow at night and know that I'm doing something bigger than bigger than what you know bigger mm-hmm. than myself and yeah. I'm doing something genuinely as yeah. selfless as possible. I what am I benefiting right. from this? I really just want to have young, well-rounded women, again, global citizens um,
0: who are going right. to be the future of this of this economy, of this, this politics of,
1: you know, everything. One of the things I think
0: it's interesting for people to point out, because a lot of people listening have been maybe working in international ed for a very long time or just getting started, but either Uh way, they probably are unlikely to have started their own organization and had to sort of navigate Mm -hmm. these waters from that point of view. And just to give people some perspective to go to the national NASA conference as Mm -hmm. And to get a booth, I believe mm-hmm. the smallest booth right now is what mm-hmm. five thousand, something like something.
1: that. I didn't even look into it's it because I knew it was not going to be in my budget. Dollars.
0: Now, for those of you listening, if you're usually going, you know, through your office, and you know, they pay maybe pay, you have a national, you have an annual membership or something, um, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I, I'm not saying that in these types of investments are are not worth it. The problem is, Mm -hmm. is when you're just starting, and I I struggle with this as inside study abroad, you know, I, I'm neither Mm -hmm. a provider. So you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm also not a university office. And so I sit somewhere Mm -hmm. in the middle, go abroad, we had that same kind of situation, although I don't make millions of dollars a year, let go abroad. Mm -hmm. Someday Mm -hmm. people, someday, but you know, it's not why I'm in it. So, you know, getting to go to these big events and getting access to do that networking to put a face Facebook mm-hmm. name to have, you know, lunch and coffee and drinks with people and, and grow mm-hmm. your network and, and have those opportunities for real true collaboration. It, mm-hmm. you got to be in the room. And, and to get in, if the going and getting into the room is so cost prohibitive as a new fledgling or, you know, just a small organization, it's, it's really, really challenging. I know go overseas has been trying to do some stuff with, um, bringing in smaller organizations and having sort of a, a pavilion where some of them can all have a sort of a space to do meetings instead of having to get their own whole booth. Um, and I don't know about you, about your experience. I know your first one was Denver, right? So my first one yeah. with Denver, yeah. So what was that entree point like for you as a new organization?
1: Oh, I remember I remember actually very clearly I walked in the first day um, and I bumped into someone from international TEFL, um, International TEFL. Yeah, I and I had them. been doing yeah, <laughs> and I and I had and I've known them for years because of the TEFL industry that I was mm-hmm. in. So I, I, you know, what was nice is that I started seeing some lay, some crossover. Mm-hmm. So I, my, the TEFL school that I worked at had been listed and I had, a. Uh... A person at go abroad and go overseas. I remember when we started our go overseas account, my account manager was Tucker, (laughs) who's like the owner.
0: Yeah, uh, because they're an upstart too, you know, they started like working, I don't know, it wasn't someone's garage, but like the equivalent of a garage somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just nice,
1: because at one point, he's like, Oh, my God, like, I can't believe we're meeting how many years later. Um, But okay, so I remember walking into the, like the pavilion, and I kind of, it was overwhelming. It was, you know, there was, it was, it was 7,000 attendees. And I I was, I was one. yeah, And I was representing one company and it was mine and employee number one. (laughs) It was just, and I remember I bumped into someone and he was like, hey, Lisette. And I'm like, hey, and he goes, are you all right? And I was like, this is a lot. He goes, I've never seen you like this. And I go, hey, man, like I'm still human. Like as much as I'm, as much as I'm like, go get them and, you know, super smiley and like up, you know, up for anything. Um, I'm like, I'm still human. And this is, you know, uh, what, what, what what's going to happen? And he went, what's that? First off, you've got this. He goes, number two, all we've been doing these past couple of days is eating little hors d'oeuvres and drinking and drinking. <laughs> He's yeah. like, Why don't you go out? get yourself a proper lunch, go through the book and highlight the people you want to introduce yourself to. And I kid you not, that was the best advice I received. I stopped what I was doing. I bout faced. I walked out of the entire, um, uh, the, expo the hall. entire, thank, you, thank yeah. you, the expo hall, and found myself my favorite food, comfort food, pizza. <laughs> and I sat down and I went through this huge book of companies. And I said, I want to meet this person. I want to meet this person. I want to meet this person. And I created a two page, um, rundown and I had a game plan. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a game plan walking in. And then, but that 45 minutes that I put my, my, my thoughts together, I walked in and I hit every booth and I ticked off every single booth. I wrote down notes for people I met and I proceeded to, um, just put my best foot forward. I mean, I do little things. I wore a big gold necklace that said boss on it. Um,
0: so, <laughs> I do remember the necklace. Yeah, that was awesome.
1: it was. I mean, when your best friend picks something up randomly and says, I saw this in the store and thought of you, <laughs> a big gold necklace saying
0: boss. Yeah. You know,
1: I remember wearing it and being like, okay, that, that's something that makes me feel good and powerful and confident in a room where people have known each other for 15 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am the queen of
0: follow-ups, and I even you are. She is I, actually. I, I will. I will give her that uh, Ed, reference. She's like, very. Good. I
1: even. I I write handwritten letters. Like I wrote Tucker. You know, it was the first time meeting him in person. After all these years, I wrote him a hand letter, a handwritten letter, and sent it to California. And uh, I remember he wrote me an email saying. Of course, you wrote a handwritten letter, There <laughs> They're
0: like, the classiest
1: broad we know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's those small things and the follow-up and, you know, revisiting conversations because it's so simple to be excited um, as a small company and, and them being like, oh, I like you. We should do something, but not stopping. It's mm-hmm. not stopping that conversation and writing down what you guys talked about mm-hmm. because they have so much on their plate and they have, you know, they're, they're, their wheels are oiled and you need to find where you're going to become part of that gear mm-hmm. and um i following up on those conversations and saying what's the next step what can I help you with what do you need from me mm-hmm. um and then reciprocating is there anything I can do for you to make your job a little easier mm-hmm. um and just have and then from there I will say about of my conversations and the excitement conversation came to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think 25% is, is tremendous. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a good ROI. Return uh, on
0: investment. FYI. Yes.
1: And, uh, and just, yeah, establishing those relationships. And again, being the face and just constantly being on. And I kid you not, I would leave those days exhausted. Mm -hmm. exhausted, And I would not want to talk Um, you know, we were there around nine in the morning, and we were at events until almost nine, 10 at night, and talking and talking and business cards and business cards. And I kid you not, I'm human. And I that's a lot to be on. That's on. Yeah, that is on for me. That's, you know, that is sometimes my autopilot. But my friends are the first ones to say that even though I'm loud and boisterous, I can be very quiet and take things in and not when you're at a conference like that, you're not ta- you're just kind of on.
0: Yeah. Um, it oh, was a great
1: experience. Yeah.
0: Well, that, that was, a, that was a great, let's also a good sort of like little primer on, uh, mastering, you know, live events and conference, the next NAFSA is coming and somewhere. Yeah. I vote Vegas. I don't know. I just feel like (laughs) NASA should just go all in. Just go for Vegas. Why not? (laughs) I don't know if all of us would come out alive, to be honest. I know. It's kind of a crazy, (laughs) kind of a crazy experience. Um, So we're going to switch, super switch gears here because I want to give people, if you guys, if they don't know about Pink the one place I want them to go engage with you guys on is on Snapchat because I mean, and you're all over and I'll link to all the social medias and everything Mm -hmm. everywhere, but you guys need to go and go and follow pink international. Is it just pink international? That's we international doesn't fit. So that's the only time we
1: do the abbreviation. I N T L
0: pink (laughs) I N T L go find them on Snapchat. If you're not on Snapchat and you're working with college students you're behind already go download the app and like at least get familiar with it but go follow pink yeah. intl and mm-hmm. see what she's doing to engage this particular demographic because frankly i think it's genius and maybe it's because i'm old and Thank i'm like you. oh my gosh like this is so crazy because i i use snapchat but i'm like snapping my friends to mm-hmm. and stuff it's not like for work but maybe i need to be doing it i don't know but um my demographic is like you know, older people. So
1: maybe no. And that's the thing, you have to find yeah. out what your where, where's your audience? Yeah. That's the thing. You know, if your audience might be in, in a certain age demographic, maybe it's Facebook. Yeah. Maybe it's Facebook Live. Right, right, right. My my students are all over it. if you can't Instagram and Snapchat. the biggest yeah, Instagram and Snapchat. And part of my selling point is part of the program is a SIM card with data. Yeah. Because if you can't Instagram or Snapchat, did it happen? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so like that's where my, that's where my kids hang out. So that's where my kids hang out.
0: So, you know, people are going to go check it out, obviously. But if you could give mm-hmm. an office or an organization like two or three of your best tips on how to capitalize on that platform. Because one of the challenges is that if people are, you know, working in social media at all, or even have seen any kind of articles about Snapchat Mm -hmm. is one of the hard parts is trans like the conversion, right? Like they might mm-hmm. engage, they might see your snap, you know, getting them to follow you on Snapchat and then getting them to watch your snaps and then getting them to do something, the call to action, the the engagement right. piece as a result of that snap. That's it's a long process. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you seem to be doing some really cool stuff. And so what would be two or three tips you give somebody that they just need to, you know, to help move um, their audience through that process on Snapchat?
1: It's something I completely enjoy. So I, I have to always stay focused. And when you like something so much, you kind of just start, your ideas start going. Oh, I know, places. I'm the so same way. I kind of wanted to, I, put, I actually put some points down because I didn't want to go too far off. So some some advice for me would be with Snapchat for me. Now, again, this is a case by case. Mm-hmm. You have to know your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a long game. So the people who are engaging us on Snapchat they're still, I feel like they're inquiring, they're getting to know us. It's kind of a brand awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I use it for. I use it for the long game. And I use it for brand awareness. Um, Of course, there is always a call to action. And there's always a story to be told. I don't use it every single day. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. When I'm in When we're in the program, when the program's actually transpiring, when the girls are on the ground, you know, eating the tapas, drinking the wine, going to Spanish classes, going out in the evenings, they are on it Mm -hmm. 24-7. So I think prior to your program, having a story here and there is important. Mm -hmm. So recently what we did on Pink International was I had all my students, about 20 girls right now, do a 10-second video from their Snapchat send it to me. Send me the 10 second video privately, not not on Snapchat on, you know, just through WhatsApp or through um, Messenger. And I uploaded it to our company, Snapchat. So I told the girls to, you know, use the space, use that space, that real estate, to put their personality, put your bitmoji on it, put some of your favorite icons, put your university, put what you're studying, you know, just say who you are, you know, what makes you excited that you're going to be joining this group. And um, it's just 10 seconds. And that's how students know how to communicate. My students know how to communicate in 10 seconds or less. I'm still learning to master I know. I'm that. like, ah, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Me and you were like 10 minutes later. We're like, wait, did we hit the points yet? Yeah. Uh, so, And so what I did, you know, putting up that quick image, like welcome the students of the the summer 2017. And then they started the story. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 10 seconds for 20 girls. That's one of, that's a pretty long story. But when I look at the views, the amount. everyone watched to them. the end. Nice. Every, and that's the difference. Mm-hmm. If I started seeing people trickling off, cause you know, when you watch yeah.
0: certain stories, it's like, nah. right.
1: um, and
0: just you a, know, just a pause for just a second. So for those yeah. of you who are not familiar with Snapchat, when she's talking about a story, it's sort of a stream of video and or images that you can sort of watch over and over. And one mm-hmm. of the things you can sort of exit out, if you're like, wow, this, the the stream of video and and images i'm not interested in so you could x out of it basically and then yep. on the on your end when you're sort of seeing like who looked at each of my the elements of my story you can sort of see like oh it was 100 and then 70 and then 40 and you know down from there you could sort of say oh people are not liking that versus yep. like you were saying oh 100 across the board they watched every single yep. story which is cool which is exactly and that's
1: what so I'm like, that's working. Because what is it that my students want to see? What is it that a prospective pink girl wants to see? It She wants to see herself. She wants to see her best friend. She maybe wants to see something that looks comfortable for her, or something that looks funny or interesting. Mm-hmm. So I want them to see themselves in in these stories. Um, so again, my tip would be to have a story whether that is a theme so let's just say maybe next week i'll do every day i'll 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 do a new food to expect in spain mm-hmm. or i'll do a new top 10 things to do for free or cheap mm-hmm. the next week mm-hmm. and again this takes planning yeah. this takes planning mm-hmm. and time because snapchat is live mm-hmm. um you know you have a 24-hour window with it and that's it um but what's a uh, quickly, so so for any company that's listening, so you have a story that you've created now, okay? So you have like, let's say these 20 girls from start to finish. Um, the last image I'll put is, you know, deadline March 15th. You know, spaces are extremely limited now. Screenshot, and then I'll put screenshot, this is my call to action will be screenshot. And in the, the text body, I'll put the email or the website to inquire Mm -hmm. or I'll even put my personal email Mm -hmm. email me directly Mm -hmm. so what's nice is when you tell someone screenshot this it's like okay yeah you're
0: right let me screenshot because they know it's going away like the you and for the little realize it it disappears like if you don't watch Mm -hmm. the thing in 24 hours it's gone forever so Mm -hmm. and what's
1: nice is so I can then now I take it to the next step so I see that let's say of the 70 people that watched it from start to finish I see that maybe, let's just say 10. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a very good Mm -hmm. number in my opinion. So 10 people actually screenshot, which means they, okay, they're like, whoa, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I would like, I have plans to, or I would like to contact them. Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
1: let's think of a 20 year old. That was a,
0: it's a 14% (laughs) conversion, by the way. I just want everyone to know, like, that's a really (laughs) great conversion rate from uh, Uh, 70 to 14. Or sorry, 70
1: to 10 so let's just say 10 take a picture and so they have it now in their camera roll but hey they're 20 years old there's something called thirsty thursday there is (laughs) yeah you know dollar beers are very distracting and they still distract Mm -hmm. me at my age um and so what you can do though is see the people that 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 um screenshot Mm it and what's nice is you can a follow them back Mm -hmm. b add them and open a conversation. Like, Hey, I saw you take a screenshot. What questions do you have? Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. That is the next step. Yeah. That's the next step. So you have this dad, what I, I can't understand what people is they're like, okay, we did it. And I'm like, and then the follow through mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then, and mm-hmm. then, you know, um, another tip would be to put a special offer mm-hmm. only on the and it has to be a short window mm-hmm. it has to be maybe like a 72 hour or a 48 hour, you know, $150 off the, the deposit, specifically on this platform screenshot, you mm-hmm. know, call to action, specifically what the, you know, what the offer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and takeovers. That's my third advice. Mm-hmm. Take over. So when pink started, we didn't really have an audience. Hey, we had a dedicated 25 baby Mm -hmm. and they watched our videos. And then I started to contact sororities because I get my demographic is 18 to 22 year old females. So where's my pot of gold? It's a sorority. So I contacted sororities. I contacted universities of the students that were participating in my program and saying, Hey, you have an awesome student who's doing something so dynamic and so um, brave. I would love to propose to you a story for your audience um, to see what, you know, what, what other students are doing. Mm-hmm. And I've never been told no. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I propose the story. I say, okay, they're going to start at like nine in the morning and, and they're going to the they yeah. show you that with purpose. Everything has to be with purpose. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to bring it back to that person, right? So let's say it's a sorority or let's say it's a university and you incorporate in your proposal to them. One of the questions that they'll be answering is what are you going to bring back to chapter? What do you, you know, what is something you've learned that you're going to bring back to chapter? What's something that you're going to bring back to your college and your community? Mm -hmm. You have to bring value to that other person. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like dating. What do you got for me? baby? (laughs) And, um, and so that was my other my other tip is to engage in takeover because Snapchat is still new and people are still learning right. how to use it or, or not using it as a purchase power mm-hmm. kind of that it has mm-hmm. or even a sales. Like there are certain companies that I'm like, oh, you should yeah. you include this in marketing packages. Right. Uh, well, and
0: I think that's uh, you know, just to unpack that a little bit. So if like um, yeah. another provider um, or even a university office, if you know that there's another, you know, division like on campus let's say Mm -hmm. student life they have a super active snapchat account well maybe Mm -hmm. you could partner with them and say hey one of our star scholarship students is in beijing this semester we'd love for them to get to do one day of taking over your student life snapchat and just Mm -hmm. say hey this is my student life in beijing and so that it doesn't even have to be like a provider to a university you know that kind of thing it could be a cross-campus collaboration where you could say you know, what's going on or your, your study abroad step chat, let's say you could say, well, you know, all our study abroad students, they're missing our big football season. So like you could have, you know, a a student on campus say, Hey, we really miss you. We hope you're having a great time in Beijing. We want to see what homecoming day is looking like. And so they can live it back through their experience. So again, think about sort of like, cross-pollination, if you will, mm-hmm. of how you mm-hmm. can uh, integrate. And one of the other things I would follow up with what you said about follow-up, um, mm-hmm. I I am all about the lead capture, right? So it's like getting mm-hmm. someone engaging with you on Snapchat is wonderful. Or Instagram, insert, pop, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the platform of the day here. But yeah. um, how do you then really capture them in a real way that you can engage them further? And for me, it's typically email. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, You know, for you, I would recommend, you know, when you're engaging with them after they saw they took the screen grab, whatever, and you you know, I know you said an offer of some kind, but or you could say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I've got a free download for you. It's Mm -hmm. things you need to know if interning in Spain is right for you or insert whatever cool checklist or something. Yeah. And a cool one page PDF and like, go here, send them to a land page. They put in their email and then mm-hmm. they get the, the PDF download. Um, yeah. And that'd be another cool way. That's like low barrier entry. doesn't really cost you anything. Right. And then they get something super valuable on the other end. And now you've captured them and you can sort of communicate them with in, an, in another strategic way down the line. Absolutely. Um But I love that. And I feel like Snapchat, you know, I don't I'm so it's easy for me to sit here and be like, everyone do these things. I don't really use Snapchat, but I do use a lot of these tactics in terms of uh, lead capture and um, engagement with my audience. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. And I I think also I think with anyone who is in a big company or um, any university, you really need to empower your student you really need to empower your student, um, you know, give them a Snapchat correspondent title, you know, give mm-hmm. them you, give them what the benefit of this is, you know, whether it's them learning marketing skills, um, because what you want to do is leverage their audience. And to do that, you want them to be like, hey guys, you know, move o- migrate from my Snapchat to this other Snapchat mm-hmm. account to watch me because I'm going to be the snapchat correspondent for the internship in spain for the next 48 hours right um and i'm gonna need you guys to kind of engage with me because you know like so you want that's again as you use the term the cross-pollination you have to learn how to leverage everyone's strengths Mm -hmm. and what we want are the people on the ground the student referral word of mouth students talk baby Mm -hmm. oh they talk if, if the, and if those are your clients or students, then yeah, you need to make sure that you are giving them the quality because they know they know and, and um and the empowerment that they deserve. and the more they feel that they're owning it and the ownership of their of this program of mm-hmm. this experience, the more that
0: it will it'll it'll come through in their messaging to the oh, audience yeah, and another cool thing, I think I was chatting with someone from a provider about this, but I was like, you know what you need to do? And I don't know if anybody's done this. So if somebody's already out there doing this, like ping me let me know. I'd love to feature you guys, but I think it would be cool if um, program providers or, you know, whoever's running the program on the ground, typically there's going to be anywhere from a day to a week-long orientation period that's mm-hmm. sort of sequestered in one location. And what you could do is go in and design a, um, a Snapchat filter, that's mm-hmm. geolocation-based. And so while your students are doing your two-day pink orientation, for instance, in this one office that you always hosted in or something, um, you could have yeah. that just active for those two days and encourage them to use that yep. filter, whatever. Um, you can you yep. even do contests around it, whatever. But that's another way to cross-pollinate where they're going to use your filter and everybody who watches them on Snapchat will see your branding and see like, oh, what's, what's pink international and Google, Google, Google. So um, that would be another cool thing. It does cost, that does cost money. I will...
1: It does cost a little money, but it's actually right. very reasonable. The only thing that I remember we we totally looked into that. They they weren't doing customized geo filters outside of the US. Oh the bummer. So just, okay,
0: well, my bad. I,
1: no, but that was last yep. summer. But you know, it's 2017. Mm-hmm. Things are going down. So I'm excited to see if that is now opened mm-hmm. to other regions. Yes. Um and luckily when you are in a very common city, like for example, we're in Madrid. Mm-hmm you know, they, they're very open to those things. And again, make sure you have a cool designer, make sure it's someone who is young, because um, <laughs> they really do care about their filters. Yeah, they're they
0: like, truly this choose. is not like, I was, uh, if this is not, I, I think uh, when I, on my last yoga retreat, I had two young women um, who, they're in their mid, mid twenties, right? So they were kind of, did both been working in Manhattan and decided to take a year off to travel Mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to get to meet with them but I learned so much just interacting with them because they're still a little bit older than like college students that even they were saying like oh my gosh college students they're so needy and I'm like you're (laughs) you're 23 (laughs) years old like uh, but it's so funny Um, and I learned so much because in their Snapchat and their Instagram they're very particular Mm -hmm. about what went on and they had to do everything in uh, chronological order like Mm because they had been traveling everywhere and they're like well I haven't gotten through Thailand yet I can't post about Bali until Thailand I was like what (laughs)
1: so I think they're curators they're absolute curators yeah Yeah. and they they care about their their brand digital their digital reputation Mm -hmm. and I and I do agree that your digital legacy will live on sometimes my niece who is 19 years old said to me you have too many Instagram pictures and I said you know what it's okay. I'm older yeah. than you. Number one. <laughs> and number two, I actually think of it as one day one of my grandchildren are older. I want them to go back and be like, They're hey, gonna like dust off an this? iPhone.
0: They're yeah. like, Does this thing still <laughs> turn on and 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 pull that up or something? They're just like, look at this archaic thing, this iPhone seven, you know. Oh my gosh. But I also want them to look back and be like, hey, my grandmother was kind of yeah. cool, or hey, she I can't wait. I just, can't wait till our like our super fancy digital device of today are like the floppy disks are now or like I literally have <laughs> floppy disks over in you know in my my closet collecting dust that has to have like papers I wrote from college on them because I'm like someday I will need that Sorry. oh my gosh yeah this has been awesome Lisette. I feel yeah. like uh you've given so much great information value-packed yeah. um I really appreciate you coming on the show how can people um touch base with you and reach out with you if they want to connect oh. Absolutely.
1: Email. I I have my my phone and my computer always on Lissette, Lisette L I S E T T E at pink with a C for classy uh, <laughs> international dot com. Just email me. Honestly, I I respond really quickly. I'm I'm an open book, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
0: Find me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Lisette. It's been awesome, Thank and you. I will see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Brooks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Lisette, for coming on the show and sharing your story and great advice for students and professionals in their own work and their careers. I also want to thank today's sponsor, Carpe Diem Education. If you want to learn more about Carpe's programs, their unique programming model, and all the different places they take students around the world, head on over to carpediemeducation.org to learn more. If you guys want to connect with me and follow along on my journey, um, I am going to be... Uh, having a friend visit me in town next week. So I'll be doing a lot more fun things besides sitting at my computer and working. And so if you want to see sort of behind the scenes of what I've got going, go ahead and follow me over on Instagram as The New Dorothy. And for show notes from today's episode, head on over to com slash podcast and look for episode number 19. Also, don't forget to join tonight's free masterclass. It's not a masterclass. It's a fireside chat. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be sharing with you all of my juicy, juicy, horrible mistakes I've made in my career, or at least the big ones, and how you can maybe basically avoid them as well. So I hope to see you guys there. Head on over to insidestudyabroadcom training to register. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will see you on the inside. Bye for now.